Welcome back to Monsters of the Midwest. The only reason I say that is because, newsflash, we're ending season one. Yay! <laughs> she said, yay! Right. Um, yeah, we're going to do a, uh, a little two-week, maybe three-week break. We're going to um, compile all of our goodies and desserts that we have for you guys, and we're going to you know, really buckle down and do some heavy research on some heavy cases for you guys. Yeah, we've been, we have a couple that we've been working on for the past couple months, really. I mean, I know the one you've been working on has been months. Um, Dude. But the information, at least on my part that I, the cases I have ready are brutal. They're disgusting. They're heavy. And it's, we thought it would be a lot to put in our first season. I know the ones that you have on deck that are you've been working on have been weighing pretty heavily on you as well. So yes. uh, we just honestly needed a little bit of a mental health, like, you know, let's get these cases together. Let's record them. Cause honestly, we've been trying to record them and they're a lot to do all in like a row. So yes, our mental it's been, it's like, I don't know. So it, it's going to be great for you then- guys, but we're trying to process through it. Yeah, it's been weighing heavy on our hearts, really. But uh, we are going to do um, really brutal cases, like she said. We're going to do a lot of. Um, uh, we got some listener tales in. We're going to come, you know, compile those together, and we're going to do a little listener tale thing. We still have some paranormal activity, some uh, let's see, folklore stuff, um, and we've got some really like lighthearted, fun. Uh, spooky adventures that I know you have coming up for the second season also. So that'll be fun to launch that. Um, I mean, we're getting ready for summer months. So we're going to talk about some vacation locations. Um, I mean, we have so much in store for the second. We're ready to, you know, get it all compiled and get it out to you guys. Exactly. But in the meantime, in between time, we are going to release a couple episodes for you guys. Uh, they It is a two-parter from our old podcast, the Dramatic Illusion Podcast, and it is about uh, the satanic panic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a hell of a time covering that because it was cuckoo bananas, and we do not want to just leave it hanging in the ether, so we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you right here, right now, and on Thursday. We're also going to release it on Thursday, so you're going to get part one, Tuesday, part two, Thursday, and then we're going to take a break from season one and start up really strong season two. Oh, yeah, we're coming in full force. So take a nap, you know, get ready, uh, light some sage, get that energy cleared out because we're about to fuck it all up. Yes, we are. And without further ado, like I said, part one of Satanic Panic starts right now. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the moral panic that has been called the Salem witch hunt of our era. Hello, welcome to the Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We are your hosts, Lorraine. And I'm Amanda. And we're going to talk about the satanic panic, baby. We're going to talk about that crazy-ass shit that happened in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, maybe even a little bit before that. So we got we got a lot of juicy details about it. But there's so much that goes into this thing. So much. Yeah, we aren't even going to be able to cover even half of it with this double 
part episode. Yeah. Manifesto. <laughs> yes. This is going to be a twofer, man. This, this, it, there's so much that goes into it. It's, it's going to be a two, a two part episode. And, um, we're going to have Amanda start us off with just a little bit of background of what exactly it is and how it came to be and things like that. So go ahead. So, um, just to start it off, the Hebrew, uh, translation for Satan is one that throws something across one's path. Um, and they consider a quote unquote Satan to be like any obstacle that's in front of you in your journey that you didn't expect. So, oh, okay. yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the Satan, but it could be like just a roadblock, I guess. Um, hmm. I just thought that was a fun fact of the day. Um, <laughs> right. But the satanic panic of the early 80s, 90s, and even there was some backstory in the 70s as well. The satanic panic uh, started in like the late 70s, early 80s, and continued into the 90s, and it grew into a, a massive hysteria in the early 90s. Uh, it was like a nationwide panic of a secret network of indoctrined Satanists and <laughs> cults of people that were trying to get to our children, and they were going through advertisements and music and movies and Disney shows and games, and they were hypnotizing our kids and... It was just a whole thing. A right. whole thing. Yeah, um, no kidding. Animal sacrifices. Right. Sex in the clouds. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, drug-fueled sex orgies and suicide ritual cult. They were going to do uh, it anyway, man. Uh, yeah. It was, sex orgies. Come on now. But it was all in the name of the, the Dark Lord. <laughs> so uh, Voldemort. You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the, the most mainstream things that happened during this time was um, Manson and the oh, Manson yeah. murders. Manson and his followers <laughs> seemed to prove what America had already believed as like the hippies with their drugs and their free love. <laughs> they aren't good. We we need to get them out of here. It's, it's connected to something dark and it's all through the music and blah, 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 blah. Um, right. And that Manson forced young teens to move on to his, his ranch and follow his... Listen to music backwards and follow his right. his teachings, and then all of a sudden they're stabbing people and they're killing people, and there's this, and it was just people went absolutely nuts, just nuts. Mm -hmm. And then they connected the murders to this fact that one year before Manson committed these murders, uh, the movie Rosemary's Baby had came out. Oh, okay. It was yeah, released, yeah. and uh, obviously that was made um, by Roman Polanski, who his wife, Sharon Tate. Th this was exactly one year before the whole murders happened. Right. Um, and for those who don't know, Rosemary's Baby was uh, about a satanic cult that lived in, um, it was a bunch of devil worshipers and, and, and cult members that lived in, I believe, her apartment building. But I know it had to do with like her landlords. It's been many moons since I watched this. And they wanted to like impregnate her with Satan's baby <laughs> is what oh, the whole thing was about. Good. Yeah. Right. Yes. The, yes. Um, absolutely. So, uh, you know, put on your, your tin foil hat because <laughs> everybody <laughs> said that the reason that Manson chose these people was because his connection to Satan and Satanists. And it was all, a, a working timeline of, you know, that's how it was connected to Roman Polanski and his wife. Oh, Jesus. They really went deep in there. Yes, yes. So prior to 
the whole thing with Manson, I don't know if um, if you're aware of it, but like a lot of his whole manifesto and stuff all had to do with secret things that came to his mind as or that he heard while he was listening to the Beatles' White Album. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so it's connected directly the, the from but, that. The Butcher cover. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know what the White Album cover was and is, look it up because it's wild, man. It's like ba- baby dolls butchered and shit. It's, it's intense. <laughs> Um, but a lot of the, the fundamental, uh, Christian groups were saying like, oh, rock and roll. It is, it's just the gateway. It's like all sexual deviancy and, and the occult and these hippies and blah, blah, blah. And this counterculture, et cetera, et cetera. One of the, the first players in the game, I guess you'd call it was, uh, Black Sabbath, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, their original name was the Polka Toke Blues Band. <laughs> Doesn't seem real dark and scary to me. Cute, yeah. So, um, <laughs> cute, yeah. I guess they were outside of a, um, some type of like movie theater or something and saw, I guess it was like a horror film festival or something like something along those lines. And they cool. saw, uh, the names of horror movies up in the marquee and they were like, just got on this whole conversation about, I think it's hilarious that people pay to be scared. They eat that shit up. They, you know, and still do. Right. Still yeah. Do. And they said, well, we should capitalize on this. So let's start making our music, you know, spooky and connected right, to little, horror. and little dark. Yeah. Turn the lights off on this music. It's dark now. And then um, this whole thing started the whole tritone, like, sound wave, I guess, that they used. In, okay. When they were, I'm not a huge Black Sabbath fan. I don't, no. I really don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that. I remember reading about the tritone thing, which that was like, oh, what kind of music is that? Like, it's not right. It's obviously Satan, right. you know. It's the devil worshiper music. Yeah, and they um, claimed the same thing happened with, like, Grateful Dead music. But it was really just kind of like a, in in music terms, instead of hitting it on, like, a certain beat, it was hitting it on the off beat. Oh, so heaven forbid. So it sounded, right, so it sounded like really off to the ear or like an untrained musician type ear. Um, right. Like idiots. Right. But <laughs> side note, like one of my favorite songs that displays that is Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. Like if you listen to the riffs on it, it hits on the, the off note, the off note, right. Which gives it like an extra little zing in the middle. You know what I mean? Right. But it, it, yeah. So yeah. that, that's the tritone that they're, they're talking about. Right. Okay. Um, Oddly enough, Zeppelin was another one that was named in there. Uh, of course. Yeah. Stairway uh, to Heaven. Stairway to so- Heaven. Sounds like some devil worshiping ass shit to me. Apparently, <laughs> they claimed that it said My Sweet Satan in there when you played it backwards. Beautiful. Now, I listened to a couple of different... Um, YouTube actually has, if you look up Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, play it backwards. Literally, that's all you got to search. And it'll play what they used to put on like TV shows and stuff at this time to like... Yeah. Uh, you know, it... It does say it in there. I I listened to it a couple of times, and they are not wrong, but how they got from point A to point B, I have no idea. Right, um, but yeah. the like the fundamental Christians were really, really focused on that, just that little piece of you, if, their music. If you tell someone to to hey, do you hear this? Do you hear do you hear what I'm 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 thinking I'm hearing if I play this backwards you can hear anything you can believe that you heard anything well what is it um that jaw rule song with uh 
with J-Lo in it. That was a big thing. Like, when that song came out, everybody thought that when she goes, or when he says, R-U-L-E, but everybody thought it said something different, and it became a big... Yeah, I think I heard something about that, but I'm not really sure. I, I'm not really sure. I, we have to... We're going to do some research. Right. We're going to do some digging. But the guy that, that started this whole tinfoil hat craze was his name was Paul Krause and oh, he was just Mr. Krause. he was just absolutely convinced that they were in cahoots with the devil all the all these rock and rollers these hippie folk they were just hippie folk they were just you know arm in arm with the devil and Clearly. they yeah and all rock music was like the path to the occult <laughs> so right. one of the the big players in in the game later on like early 90s like 89 to 94ish there was a an interesting character named Anton LaVey. Have you heard of him? No. Okay, so this was the guy that claimed he was like Satan's right-hand man. Uh oh, he good. would have like sex parties like in Hollywood like that would invite like only the one, only the the gothic 90s culture people. He actually would he's been photographed with like double horns glued on his head and he had the little mustache and goatee thing wow. um yeah his whole house is covered in pentagrams i mean he was just really like capitalizing on the whole cartoonish devil right. outlook of it no kidding yeah classy yeah he they actually they actually called him the cartoon <laughs> satan of the 70s so damn but he found a way to capitalize on like this counterculture and just really Run with it. He ran with it, and he fucking was speeding. Um, <laughs> and he grabbed onto the whole love generation and the whole hippie culture oh, and just really fucking said... fucking worship the devil. Right. Come on over, man. Party at my place. Yep, exactly. Jesus. He would show up to places like... Or talk shows that they invited him on um, right. with snakes around his neck. He completely waxed his head just to... I don't know. Mr. Miyagi, huh? Right, and it was very, very <laughs> glossy, like, oiled up. Scalp, I don't know, but he oh. just really was a, a, a literal character. Fucking oddball. Yeah, but he... Q-ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But he actually founded what is known as the Church of Satan. In, oh, thank you. In 1966, yep. He published a book called The Satanic Bible, which oh, is... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that was the groundwork and guidebook for tons and tons of serial killers, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, like I said before, he hosted all these, like, drug parties and these sex parties, and he... Just was really being a showboat to piss off fundamental Christians. And uh, it, it was working, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yes. However, it came out later, like I believe 91 or something. It was like early 90s that he's just full of bullshit. That it was, oh, yeah. Everything he wrote was bullshit. Nothing was factual. Half of it didn't make sense. Like, one chapter here was supposed to connect to something else, but then when people went back and researched it, like, after the panic was over, they went back and they're like, what? Like This is a Goosebumps choose your own storybook. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Pretty much. So he lost all his cred after that. You know, oh, yeah. he, had, he had to hang up the... the Hang up the old cape and, and horns. Dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take it back to Party City. Damn. Damn the bad luck. Right. You know, he had a good run, though. He had a good run. So something like our generation, like... That I remember, I don't know if you remember or not, but in 94, he opened up his home to a, a young buck of 25 that he just saw so much, so much light and love in and really wanted to bring him into the culture. Um, his name's Brian Warner. Do you know him? Who? Brian Warner. Brian Warner? Oh, I'm sorry. We know him as Marilyn Manson. <laughs> 
Oh. Yes, as he's a young buck just starting out his whole, like, releasing of music, but it's, like, really underground stuff at this point. Yeah, Um, isn't he from Dayton, Ohio? I don't know, actually. I think think so. But Mr. Mr. LeVay was just so taken aback by just everything that he embodied, and he just thought, you know what, you're going to be... I, I'm just going to ordain you. You are going to be a new minister in, in the Church of Satan. Oh, what a what an honor, sir. Thank you. Right. And he gave him a bunch of shit. Was like, you know what? Brian is just, it's not, it's, it's not going to work for me. He goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. I had this. And this just kind of goes to show how kooky this guy was or is. I don't know if he's even still living. I'm <laughs> assuming he probably is. But he was like, oh, yeah, well, I had a, I had an affair with Marilyn, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Back, oh. back in the, I, I did. You know, it was before she got with so-and-so, and it was just complete bullshit. Right. But that whole made-up story was why he gave Marilyn Manson his name, because he admired Marilyn Monroe so much, because it was one of his greatest affairs, and he's his greatest student, so obviously connected. And then Manson, because, you know, Charles Manson. Right. No, I, I get it, but... That dude is so full of shit. Yes. It's yeah. hilarious. Yep. So, like I said, uh, this was the time when, like, Manson was opening for Nine Inch Nails. So, if that tells you, like, how old this, he was opening. Okay, yeah. Um, 90, what? Four? Uh, 94 was when he was ordained was a minister. six. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I was in fourth grade. But, yeah, while he was on tour, with, uh, he was backstage and he had already played his, like, couple song intro, whatever, and, and mm-hmm. Nails was actually on stage and some random girl comes up to him and just gothed out to the max. You know what I mean? Gothed out to the max. Yeah. And just says, the doctor wants to see you. What in the fuck? No, uh I ain't seen no doctor. Right. He ain't touching my balls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says that he's free to meet with you whenever, but you have to come with me. Is it a witch doctor? No, but that's how he was lured to LeVay's sex dungeon. Oh, he's a doctor now. Yes. And the devil's side piece kick. Yep. Thing. <laughs> um, wow. So, so many credentials. I right. Can't I know. Deal with it. I know. With Marilyn Monroe. I mean, he just he had a lot going on. You know. Dude, that dude's moving and grooving. Yes, he was. So he asked Manson as like his, I don't know, introductory questionnaire of to make sure that he was good enough for him. He was like, so, what what is Satanism to you? And Manson a fake fucking fairy tale story. <laughs> As he's there with his red painted face, and, <laughs> right? Uh, pentagrams everywhere. But Manson just replied, "I feel like it's about putting a bunch of different extremes together, and ending up with something else. And that's what I like to do with my music." And he just, I mean, was on his knees, like, "Oh, all hail to you! You're great! You're you're everything! Come with me!" Jeez. Yeah. All right, I guess so. But then that was when he was, you know, an ordained reverend for the Church of Satan, which flew parents into a freaking shitstorm at the time. Like, we can't listen to Marilyn Manson. He's this, he's that. And he cut out his own ribs so he could, you know, give himself oral sex. I just, I remember all of it. I remember all of it. I remember all that. I mean, shit, he wants to do whatever he wants to do, fine. And it was just such a thing. It was a thing. I, I, I yeah I remember yeah. it definitely, but Manson he claimed in multiple albums and then his autobiography that he was actually you know certified and ordained he was a minister that it was just so true and he just really still to this day preaches about this shit and is all all proud of it like that's where I got my name and I I'm in the Church of Satan this and, that. and it's like cool story bro right like I, I mean it's 
you know, if that's your story, then cool, you know. I'm not I ain't gonna I ain't gonna judge you for it, but you gotta stand for something or you'll fall for anything, right? <laughs> yeah. I have judgy eyes, you just can't see those. Yes. Going back to like in the eighties, Tipper Gore created a foundation called the Parents Music Resource Center. This allowed parents to see like ratings on music, movies, any type of content, and it gave like a rating system that eventually got into what we remember as like explicit content on CDs. Yeah, I remember my first explicit content CD. Ask my dad. Dude, he wanted his $5 back so bad. Why would you sell this to my kid? No money back. You can't. Give me my $5, a bootleg CD from like <laughs> Napster. Oh man, yeah. What Chronic CD? Chronic 2001. Oh, yeah, such it was a, a good, good It was a good one. I love that album. See? Mine was Eminem, the very first one, so yeah. that was great, and I had to go buy it, I think at Kmart or something, like I really if I remember I mean this was so long, I really think that I had to ask somebody to go buy it for me oh, because yeah. yeah, it was They would card you? Right. Like are you old enough to buy the CD? I yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm plenty old enough to buy the CD. Are you sure? No, dude, I'm 12. Of course I'm not old enough, but you're going to sell it to me anyway because you want this $7.99. Right. Especially if they were making it off Napster. I mean, that's a straight-up profit. You can get a spindle of CDs back then for, like, fucking five bucks. I know, you know? right? Best Buy, where you at? Right. But, oh, so I'm, I'm just going to read off, like, the rating system of the 80s, and then you can see, like, how it evolved into what we have. So there was a V for profane or sexually explicit language. Oh. No cussing. Uh, there was DA for drugs and alcohol. Yeah. There was a V for violent and a O for occult. So. Oh my God, are you for real? Yeah. So old Tipper got just, got everybody all riled up. That's just, for sure. Just in case you're wondering if this has cult activity, there's a big old O. Oh. In in the corner, in case. Although it used to like go across the screen entirely, if like some sexual content nudity. Or whatever, right. and it would like, yeah, I remember that type of stuff. I mean, I don't it, remember no occult shit. I don't either. But I was young. I mean, right. shoot, I was born in '88. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I mean, Netflix and everything. Now it still pops up on the screen, right in like, the corner. Right. Right. Some things might be offensive. Period. <laughs> I remember the, the, <laughs> the BN or whatever it was like. What is that? Brief nudity or something? Brief nudity. I used to think it meant Fucking boob titty nudity. Or like it was, oh, boob nudity. I was like, that's it has to be what it is. Right. BN. Boob right. nudity. That's hilarious. So she touched a little bit on, you know, all the different aspects. Marilyn Manson. Manson. Marilyn. All all sorts of different weirds. And, and the cartoon devil. Yeah, the can't, cartoon devil. Can't forget him. Right. He's he's definitely out there. But I briefly, and ever so briefly, because this is huge. This is so huge. The West Memphis Three. It's been talked about. There's been documentaries. There's been books. There's been interviews. This and that. The other. I'm not going to go too deep into it because there's so much. There's so much with this. I listen to True Crime Podcasts to do three episodes just on this. And they're over an hour long, so I'm not going to get too far into it. But if you want us to, you know, just let us know. Drop us a line. Email us. Facebook, Instagram, something. And we'll definitely do something like that if you want. But one of the many cases in the Satanic Panic is this West Memphis 3 case. It's intense because... It happened in 1993. So 1993 was like prime time, panic time. It was, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was nuts. And it happened in May. So mid-year, 
it's starting to get warm down in West Memphis. Everyone's having a good old time. Three eight-year-old boys found dead in a creek. Everyone's like, dude, what the fuck, you know? How could this happen? They're just out riding their bikes, and they're all friends from the neighborhood, and then they go missing. Someone reports them missing. Literally the next day they're found half naked or more scratches all over them and and you know if you if you, disclosure if you don't want to hear this you know you might want to fast forward a little but they were basically found mutilated and violated and dumped in a creek bed Ugh, which is terrible that's awful yeah so um there was huge coverage i mean media newspapers people out by the courtroom when when this thing all, all happened so it was like so so well covered that was that was the time when they allowed full trials to be on tv correct yeah right? yeah like oj oj was oh, like yeah. this 1994 I, yep yeah, yeah yeah so it was like the whole trial would be like from start to finish people would like tune in like yeah. it was a show yep which is i remember sickening that. in itself like hey let's tune in to watch these three kids basically their fucking lives destroyed so yeah huge huge thing was these teenage devil worshiper boys are being charged with these murders right and they they all hung out together so the officials just wanted this case to be solved they said we've had we've had one of the boys damian eccles in our sights for a long time he's a miscreet he's you know he's a weirdo he's a freak he's not like the rest of the kids like they they wore black tees. They wore band tees. They had black hair, super big mullets, you know? I mean, they had, like, all of this, oh, my God, they worship the devil and everything else, which didn't. it just doesn't make sense to us now. I mean, I shopped at Hot Topic. I wore trip pants. I wore black, you know, lipstick and mood rings and all that other shit. I'm not doing voodoo in my backyard trying to raise the cat from the dead. Right. You know, it's, it was just, it was so wild to me that... This stuff didn't happen much, much sooner than me going to Hot Topic when I was a teenager and buying this stuff. It's like insane. But it was all over like talk shows. God, Ricky Lake, Sally Jesse. And Geraldo. Geraldo. I mean, it was, I, I mean, they still run the clips on Facebook now. Like, oh, you remember when this shit happened? And it's like, how to deal with my gothic child or my son dresses in goth or, you know. Right. Oh, my God. He listens to heavy metal. What do I do? Right. Yeah, like intervention type stuff. Like, they're going to send them to to Christian camp to try to, Conversion like, cleanse them. therapy camp. Yeah. Right, it right. It was insane. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, had his, they had Damien Eccles, like, in their sights. And they thought the other two kids that he hangs out with, Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miss Kelly, they were just grouped together. There's three little boys. There's three these three teenage boys that are doing all sorts of crazy stuff and they're taking their taking these kids for human sacrifices and trying to serve them up to Satan as a gift or as a ritual sacrifice like weird shit people were just eating the shit up for real the evidence didn't even point to these dudes didn't even point to these guys at all there was some bloody guy that was found that night before the kid like right when the kids were missing but no one was really moving yet, like, in the in the woods or anything. This guy, bloody and, like, kind of 
confused or whatever, he runs into a restaurant, into the bathroom, and, like, tries to wash his body off. Like, I'd be questioning that fucking dude. You know what I'm saying? But no, they're not trying to do all of that. They're just focusing on these teenagers that are listening to rock music and wearing Metallica band tees. It's kind of like the modern day, well, the Adnan Syed case. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right. They didn't want to deal with it. That's the easy route, even though none of the evidence backs it up at all. Nothing. They're just a couple of weird kids that don't fit in with the rest of the kids, so they hang out by themselves, you know. That doesn't make any sense now. But then it was, like, huge. Right. So these clowns that presided over the investigation and trial went really out of their way to ensure that these teenage boys would be locked up. And actually, Damien Eccles was supposed to get the death penalty. So he was on death row for um, for that. Almost immediately uh, naming these kids that are in the juvenile system. Oh, he's already got some shit on them, so we're just going to focus in on these kids. They served nearly two decades behind bars before they were even considered to be freed. So basically, they... I'm not going to get into, like, what the what the children went through and all that other stuff because that's definitely some explicit bonus content. If you want something like that, just let us know and we'll, we'll definitely do a Patreon. But now they're out, they're out of prison. It, it's um, 2011, and they are out of prison. This was... They were... They, got indicted 1994 I believe and then 2011 so I mean that's a while for three innocent people to be locked up for something that and maybe would have been killed for something Jeez. yeah so they're out of prison due to the Alford plea so the Alford plea is different than no contest I had to look it up because I'm like what the fuck I don't I have no idea but the Alfred plea is they're soaking up the guilty. They're they're gonna they're gonna say that they're guilty. That means that they're guilty. But this is like insane to me because I to me like no contest. I get that. I I pled no contest for a speeding ticket once. Well, you're saying you're guilty, but you're not admitting guilt. Well, kind of. Kind of. Like, no contest, actually. You're saying that you're guilty in this, but you're not guilty of any civil procedures that could attach itself to this. So, like, in traffic cases, they always say to plead no contest instead of guilty because, let's say, you know, you got into an accident with another another car. And if you, you're pleading, you know, no contest to this that you're, like, in court right now for, mm. but let's say a passenger in the back seat all of a sudden has back problems and they right. can you're not liable for that. It it takes off the liability of any mm. civil case or mm. like like how they got OJ. They came back at him civilly. You know what I mean? Like right. so th- that's what the no contest one. But go ahead with Yeah. So I looked up the definition for the Alford plea. This is a guilty plea entered by a criminal defendant who does not admit guilt but nevertheless pleads guilty as part of a plea bargain. So their plea bargain at this point is I want out, but on their record, they're guilty of murder still, even though they're out. And basically what it's, it's like putting an asterisk on someone who has a home run record. Like, yeah, they got the home run record, but at what cost? So it's just something that they can never get expunged ever. It's on their record because they're out now, but they admitted guilt through this plea and like for people that don't know about how that type of stuff works so and even if you do have something expunged especially off of like your juvenile record like you can still find that it's kind of like it's kind of like 
a piece of paper that has all the facts and somebody went through and, and drew a line through it. Like, you can still read it through the line that they drew, but they just can't hold that against you anymore. Right. It's just struck out. So there's countless, countless things on the internet that you can look up with these guys. I mean, they obviously, in 2011, talk shows were kind of still there. I mean, they weren't, like, super prevalent, like, in the late 90s. Oh, God. Oh, my that, God. That so was many. A, a huge, huge thing. Right. I mean, but, I mean, the people basically took it as news. In oh, yeah. Some, in, some, in some ways. But um, they did, like books, movies, obviously, different types of interviews. I mean, YouTube has tons of different snippets of interviews and stuff like that. And there's just, there's so much in this case to cover that that's just a brief synopsis of what I have as far as like this whole three teenage boys versus three eight-year-olds that clearly got manhandled in, in some fashion or some form. But there's there's so much more evidence like military and and sailors knots and shit like these teenagers were not studying how to do sailors knots and tie these kids up. It's not out of the realm of possibility because who knows, but these kids did not look like the type of kids that were in Boy Scouts. You see what I'm saying? They didn't fit the bill. Kind of like uh, Brendan Dassey who just wanted to watch WrestleMania, right? Like, oh, dude, that whole thing. You know what I mean? But we, we have to talk about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm down for that because that kid, he he was, like, oblivious. Like, some of these, like, I don't know which um, which of the teenagers was like that. But he was like, whatever you want me to say to right. get out of here. I don't care what I have to say. Like, no. Zuh, don't kinda, say anything. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, the Patreon episode that I did. Well, we did a uh, – we talked about it on the actual podcast also. But, like, how – her friend that was a guy was like, yeah, I definitely was there. I did that. And his mom has pictures of him like playing video games with his brother. And it's like, no, you definitely you, you weren't. weren't. You weren't there. You know, and said, oh, well, I stepped her three times. And no, she was stepped 73 times. Like, it's <laughs> right. not even close. Yeah. But yeah, the boys that were killed in that case, I mean, that's what they consider what the satanic ritual abuse that was the topic of many, many situations in that time, too. Right. And what's fascinating about this is it mainly focused on children because, one, they're easy to carry. Two, they're easily manipulated. And three, if anyone older is telling them something to do, they want to please the adult or the older person, so they go along with it. So everyone was thinking that, oh, my God, you know, these kids are just wandering off in the woods and getting sacrificed like sacrificial lambs, when all reality, it's some whack jobs that are terrorizing these children and not only that but this whole satanic ritual abuse and things like that brought on abuse of altar boys in the church like there was no real recollection of it until this stuff started coming really? to light. really i did not know that yeah so it's that's a whole other bag of cats for real because at first it was like oh they're there's there's a whole bunch of people like in witch circles doing necromancer type shit and Meanwhile, the people that you're supposed to trust the most are over here widening buttholes all day. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like you they went completely under the radar because there was this whole fantasy fairy tale bullshit that was going on over here that was completely Levea off pa- the wall. Yeah, painting faces red and walking around with snakes and Right. But like the big battle in this whole time was like the fundamental Christians, you know? So obviously oh. 
they're not going to look at the church as oh absolutely pre- not. A, a, as predators right you know and pastor dave is cool man Right. <laughs> However, Pastor Manson, uh, <laughs> not know, so good. Reverend Manson, uh, he's he listens to rock music and he has black hair, and we don't want it. We can't. We can't do that. No. But yeah. In our part two of this, we're gonna dive deeper into the ritual abuse and some pretty big pieces that are all connected to to kids in this time. You know. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and, and like we said before, it's. So much that we couldn't pack it all into one, so. Oh, yeah. this The next episode after this is going to be a doozy, too. Because, listen, if if this were to hold true, I'm going to talk about Dungeons & Dragons. I live with somebody that plays Dungeons & Dragons. And he didn't tell me nothing about worshiping no devil, so. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't just play, though. Tell, get, let his title be known. He's the Dungeon Master. I yeah. know. <laughs> I'm so privileged. <laughs> She's like uh, D&D royalty over here. Yeah. Just wife of, so. Yeah, haters. <laughs> Don't hate. <laughs> yeah, but the next episode is going to be really interesting because I live with somebody that plays it. And it's it's really, it, it came out of left field when I started researching it. I'm like, wow, this is really not what I expected it to be. But then I saw some points. I'm like, yeah, hmm, I can see that. <laughs> it. I don't know. I mm, I feel like the whole like moral panic with the the things that they grasp on. I could kind of see it, but it's like you know, ugh, it the whole rock music thing. I come on now. It's just because it's new and it's scary. Well, it was all they didn't like the love culture. They didn't like the hippies. They didn't like any type of that counterculture. You know, they didn't want people running around titties out smoking weed and loving everybody laying around in the yeah. mud. They didn't like that. Pe- that was not peace, love, and rock and roll, baby. Right. That was not the. We already let the Beatles in, and that was a mistake. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, he fueled Manson. Remember? Oh my goodness. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. I didn't mind talking about it. Some of the kid stuff kind of, I don't know, I don't have any children, so I can't relate to losing a child or anything, but losing losing a human that way is just not okay, and there's I didn't want to cover all that. But we have uh, Facebook and Instagram, the Dramatic Illusion podcast, both socials, and we're going to post some stuff about this episode, and feel free to comment. Don't be shy. Yeah. Let, I see all you guys, almost 200 of y'all. Let us know um, if you want us to dive deeper into any of these topics, too. You yeah. know, the talk show hosts of, of the 90s or, you know, uh, the counterculture of the, the hippie movement or some of the true crime shit. We're prepared to do it all. So if you're, you're interested in something like that, let us know for sure. I really like the bad kids and they send them to jail on a talk show. Oh, you remember yeah. Remember that? Yeah. My kid is terrible. I... Would you straighten them out? I want to talk about something like that because that shit is wild to me. You want to go to jail? And they have like drill instructors in their face. So funny. Oh, well, wasn't it Scared Straight or something Scared like that? Scared Straight was a show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Asshole kids still out there. Man, they would be shitting in their pants now. These iGens. Oh, yeah, for no, sure. No. <laughs> also, um, if anybody feels so inclined, I'd love to see our listeners, you know, goth outfits of the 90s and whatever, you know, just or hippies right i know i know my mom listens to this she's a damn hippie post some pictures up there woman right (laughs) and we do have an email address also dramatic illusion podcast at gmail.com you can send us listener stories 
older folks out there, you want to talk about your, you know, days at Sturgis being all crazy, I'm cool with that. You want to talk about music festivals and, and modern day hippie culture, feel free. We're, we're definitely down for something like that. We'd love to start up some listener tales. We want to talk about your tales. Uh, we would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, iHeart, all of them, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, leave us a little message. It's not for our ego. Uh, it just helps us boost up the algorithm because Apple and their algorithms is bizarre. Any internet algorithm. We were looking up Instagram stuff. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. If you like our our pages or anything, just put a little comment there. Or give us a little heart like or something. We're not piggy. Just do a little something. <laughs> right on there that you ate cheese today. That's cool, too. You know, I mean, whatever. It's a theme. Can you tell she loves cheese? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, last last but not least, uh, donations and subscriptions. We have a Patreon. We got two little two things. We're going to be having some more things. Patreon.com slash Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We have $3, $5, $10 right now. And obviously, you know, you guys can go check those out and see if anything tickles your fancy. Go ahead, subscribe, and then PayPal, one-time donations, paypal.me slash dramaticillusionpod. Any sort of donation, any sort of subscription, we're going to shout you out. We're going to shout you out. We're going to say, Ashley S. from Mississippi, thank you, or something something cool. But we're going to shout you out, so Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe to some stuff, get extra stuff. If you just want some good karma in your life, help us out. (laughs) Absolutely. And with that being said, don't forget to be original. Stay dramatic. And as always, we'll We'll see see you you next next Tuesday. What did you think? Satanic panic. Pretty interesting. Uh, It's a lot less prevalent now than it was back then, that's for sure. But uh, we are going to leave you with, you know, the code of the Midwest because we have to. You know, it's kind of our thing. For sure. Uh, Yeah. So uh, don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to the devil, apparently. (laughs) Right. Keep them doors locked. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.